Well, hey there, everybody. Thank you so much again uh, for joining us and tuning in today. Um, this is a special episode uh, that we've uh, added to this week because of something really sad. Um, you know, it would be super to do one of these sometime when something really great happens. Um, but it seems like the last couple of weeks, um, there's just been some really difficult, I think, to put the most like understated word on it. There's been difficult news um, that we've been processing here in Canada. And uh, here at Faith City, we want to do our best to try and respond to those things from a biblical point of view and perspective and to help uh, equip you and to help ourselves process and work through um, some of these challenges. And so the challenges that we're speaking of, of course, uh, the residential schools, um, the uncovering of the, the mass grave in Kamloops. Uh, we've discussed that uh, previously uh, in a podcast episode and would encourage you to, to check that out. But today we're working through uh, the horrific news out of London, Ontario, regarding a, a hate crime which again is a complete understatement, um, but the situation where uh, a white young man uh, used his pickup truck as a weapon and ran over a family who are uh, from the nation of Pakistan, who are Muslim. And uh, the police have been very quick to say that this was indeed a hate crime. So we don't know the nature of where they got that information from, but that's what we're going based off of. and. Uh, so Pastor Ben is here with me today, and uh, our intention is not to tell you uh, so much how you should think about this or how you should process it, but is to process perhaps maybe along with you. Um, you know, we've talked today as a staff, we're looking at the scriptures, we're praying, and we're wanting to figure out, you know, what action can we take as well? Um, so Ben, you know, I know that today this news is pretty, pretty fresh for most people. Um, and I know it was fresh for you today, but where are you at with this? What are you, what are your thoughts initially? Oh man. Uh, my first thoughts are it's devastating and, um, I can't imagine, uh, that being my family, um, or, uh, a close family. And, uh, these are, four children of God that are, are no longer with us. And, uh, a young boy who is without a family now. And that's really just on its own is so sad. But then on top of that, the fact that it was a crime of intent and, uh, specifically for their, their beliefs and, uh, their race. Yeah. That's, uh, I think people, a lot of the time see this as more a problem somewhere else. And particularly I've lived in the U S for a number of years and people back home will text things when they happen here. Uh, and they'll say, Oh, what an American problem. And, uh, it's clearly not. It's, uh, as you said earlier today, pastor Paul, it's a human problem. And, uh, we need to, I really want to be someone who stands out uh, as someone who's telling uh, their friends and family about ways that we can actively say no to people when we hear them saying, even if it's side comments or if it's just, oh, that what an American problem, even just saying, no, this is a this is a Canadian problem, too. This is a global problem. Yeah, I think I think that that sentiment 
is something that is important, uh, particularly for us in the body of Christ, in the church, to grab a hold of and to act upon. Um, often in these situations, we we don't want to sit with the truth very long, and we look for you know ways to bring resolution, reconciliation, and and I think as we're learning, uh, sometimes we we move to that too quickly without really sitting with the truth of what a situation means. And I think um, in some small way, as I've reflected on it, I think this is exactly what you have just said in your comments about, you know, an American problem, Canadian problem, what, you know, whose problem is it? And I think it's everyone's problem. And it's a problem of racism. It, it's not, uh, it's not something else. Um, it's not just hatred. I think speaking about it, the situation in, uh, in those very clear terms is important. And I think we see Jesus doing that in different ways. To think that the context of the Bible was devoid of racial tension, it would be ridiculous. You know, I mean, we even see it play out in Acts and then through Paul's writings, talking about the fact that the message of hope of the gospel was for the Gentiles and the Jews and male and female, like all of that, all those divisions that would have been so um, apparent at that time, uh, the Bible, the New Testament addresses. And Jesus, you know, today uh, for our listeners as a staff, we read through the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And because of what's happening and our sensitive sensitivity to it, at least for me, what jumped off the page to me was, this is a story about equality, about loving each other beyond racial division and beyond religious one. And so that story impacted me today in a way uh, that it hasn't before. And what Jesus was addressing there, as we talked about, was the, the, very, the very idea of inaction or, or piety that, that isn't rooted in true love, but just rooted in piety for piety's sake. Um, and, and I think those are important pieces of the puzzle to grab a hold of. But um, the other thing, and this is maybe where we spend a few minutes in this shorter episode, but, but talking is why, you know, why, why did this happen? And then in terms of God's sovereignty, you know, we, we had a message about healing recently and we talked about how some people aren't healed um, and touched on the sovereignty of God in that way. Uh, and I think that, you know, in the residential school situation, uh, like this situation today, these are horrific things. So why do they happen? Why are the, why does God allow these situations to occur? Uh, I think the difficult part of it is, is that the truly loving thing is giving choice. God didn't create robotic beings to just serve him and worship him every day uh he created humanity in all its beauty and amazing uh qualities uh in the in his image with the choice to love because love without choice isn't love and i think that difficulty paired with the fact that death and dying and sin and evil entered the world means that there is the choice to choose against God, to choose the non-loving option, to choose evil and hate. And I don't think that makes it any easier, but I think that's 
how I get there in my head in understanding how an unlimitedly loving God can allow this insanely tragic event or events to happen. Taking that explanation, you know, as, as like, uh, as a foundation from which to, to think about this, you know, you're at Dow, which you will be soon. And you have a student, you know, dialoguing with you uh, on this, on this topic. How, how do we, how do we journey with people? And I think, uh, how do we engage and be good neighbors you know, as Christ encouraged us to, that word neighbors is a good word. It's a helpful word, I think, even in, in, in these situations. And I think part of that um, inaction that happens so often is because we, we can talk ourselves out of any kind of action. So we need to pray for sure. And uh, I've written a, written a little blog post today just addressing um, some of this and, and, and basically saying that we need to pray to be sure, but we need those prayers to move us to some kind of action. And I think the most basic action we touched on it earlier is to speak out is simply to speak out. And that sometimes we think of in some terms that are far removed from us, but they're actually very close to us. So Ben is my friend. So Ben and I are talking about the news of the day. So this story comes up or I bring it up so that we can talk about racism. So we can talk about how it's wrong. And I think that that is something that we can all do, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong in that. No, I, I think that's exactly right. We need to be talking about it and, and be willing to discuss the unknown portion that we don't know how some of the way God works is. It's okay to not have every answer. Uh, and I think the, the thing that I would tell someone if they, maybe if someone were to confront me in a more aggressive way about like, how does a loving God um, let this thing happen? It's so ridiculous. And um, I think my, the first answer that, that comes to me as you were talking, I kept thinking about it is that it's not the way that God would want us to act. It's not the, the loving way that God has, has created us to be. It's our distinct distance from him that creates this exact type of scenario. And I think that's, that's the way that I would approach talking about it is that God loves everyone. Like we know that he loves everyone so much that he sent Jesus. Absolutely. And, and I think picking uh, up with Jesus and even looking uh, back at this text from Luke 10 about the good Samaritan, there was violence. Um, this individual is beaten and robbed. And so, you know, Christ was acknowledging of the fact that these things these evils exist in our world. I think that the, tr the trouble at times is that we have become so reticent, maybe is too gentle a word, um, but we, we don't receive well as a society any longer at times that there are absolutes and there is absolute evil and, and it's evil by choice. I don't think we like to talk in those terms because then uh, if there's absolutes, then there must be also absolute truth. And, we know that in our society, that's not a palatable um, case to make generally. But I think that that 
what you're saying about choice is core. I mean, it's core to our existence as humanity. And even myself in talking about it in this way, I'm getting away from the crux of the, the news today and the racism itself. And it's just interesting for me to observe that in myself. I'd rather talk about this in generalities than saying this was a horrific crime. Uh, and it's not something that is imagined. It's not a storyline. And if we try to imagine it and then recognize that a little boy who's nine years old is going to wake up to this reality, if he has not already done so, I don't know how we can follow Christ and not be moved on some level with compassion as Jesus would have called us to. Um, and so for those, you know, legitimate questions about evil, um, I think that you've really helped us to, to see and to navigate that, that evil is in the world because we've been given choice. And I think, you know, for us who are parents, we can come to understand that reasoning really well through the experience as parents. I want my kids to stay away from things that will hurt them, but eventually lack of choice would remove, you know, that, that sense of life and vitality from them. They have to choose. And I hope that they choose well. Ben, what do you, what are your thoughts on racism though? From a biblical point of view, you know, I've talked about the, the story of the Good Samaritan today, and there certainly are other texts, but what's your take on that and, and responding to racism from uh, a Christian worldview? There's consistently the, the ideas about that it's the, the gospel is for everyone. Paul is very adamant about like, he says there's Jew or Gentile or slave nor free nor barbarian, whatever that means exactly. Like there, he's saying everyone, the gospel is for everyone. And there is this playing field with, I don't know if playing field is not the right word. There's this plane that God has desired us all to be. And in perfection, there is an evenness about how we are called to exist. And, um, and in fact, like Jesus consistently puts himself below, even though he's this respected rabbi. And I think that they're by below, I mean, in a humble position is probably the better way to say it is we need to be humble and not think we're above anyone. And I think a lot of the time, in racism specifically, people see themselves predominantly where we are from. White people have seen themselves as superior and people don't like hearing that because it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable even to say is like, but there is a superiority that has been propped up consistently. And I think when Paul's talking like that and, and Jesus shows love to Gentiles or Sumerians or a whole host of other people. He's, he's showing us the path that we're supposed to care and love care for and love every single person. Absolutely. Um, I think that is the truth of the gospel message and, you know, being a person of color, uh, I can't speak um, to what people of white Caucasian background 
feel. I don't presume uh, to know that. I mean, I know how my wife feels and, uh, um, but for me to speak to that in a general way is something that of course I would not do, but I, I think that in a, a time of globalization, I mean, it's not even that we're entering into it. It is here. And one of the realities of globalization is uh, immigration and migration around the planet is just is ever increasing. And I think that where I'm going with that is the scripture from Revelations, which to me is like the ultimate globalization. When uh, John writes about, you know, in front of the throne of the lamb is every nation, every tribe, every language, uh, every people group. Um, I think one of the Greek words there actually is best translated that way. And, and it's like this ultimate picture of, of the world coming together. And yet we struggle still uh, not that, not to eliminate racism, though I wish and hope that that would, would happen. But I think Ben, as, as you've said, as long as there is choice in the world, there will be people that choose poorly. But what I think we can address as the body of Christ is um, seeing those attitudes eradicated from among us and seeing the sort of passivity with which we might have once engaged uh, on these issues um, removed so that we we do speak out. One of the things that I urge in in my blog post is that is taking some action, peaceful action, but taking some action. And I think there are so many easy ways now that are available to us. Um, speaking to our families, I mean, is one, how often now, now this might be a little bit of an American thing. And those that are listening, those who know me well know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy for entertainment value and uh, intellectual value, I guess, following American politics a little bit. And uh, I, my brother is an American. So in a, in a, an election year in the U S there's this discussion about, you know, how things go around the dinner table because of Thanksgiving and because of these other times where we're all getting together and that kind of thing. And, and so it's a good example though, because there's a, there's influence that we all exert around the dinner table, if you will, or in our family situations, this is the most wonderful place and opportunity where we can affect change uh, on this front when it comes to racism. Um, and Ben mentioned earlier, Ben, you mentioned like the passing comments. I think that those, the passing comments over time are what come together to form this foundation of our worldview. And so if we began to address those, if we began in our workplace to um, not let those comments, you know, just go unresponded uh, to, I think we would begin to see like these kernels of change happen. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I do suspect that we would begin to see change. Yeah, I totally agree. I've even seen in conversation with people the way that just the right question or potentially for someone, the right experience, uh, a, my, a minor interaction in a positive way uh, in this type of discussion can really get them thinking. And we don't have to change someone's mind overnight, but if we can get them thinking, it's a great start. That's another really great point. And maybe this is where we we sort of land and, and begin to wrap up. I think we, we need to have, you know, these conversations even on the podcast more often. Um, but I, I think that idea that we don't hurry past the, the truth 
you know, jumping off of what you just said there, I think is critical. And, and even today uh, for myself, I don't want to sit and think about the human capacity for evil, but maybe it's important that I do. Maybe it's important that we all pause to, to think about where attitudes of racism eventually, what they eventually grow to become. And um, I think that I, I don't recall if it's the Apostle Paul who writes this, but the idea of, um, you know, evil when it's fully, you know, developed, fully grown, uh, you know, sin when it's actually fully developed, what it, what it, actually, what it actually becomes in terms of destroying our lives, in terms of uh, its impact and consequences here and now. Certainly what we saw in London, Ontario uh, is that. And I think that that is why it becomes so important to stop and to think about the extreme violence, um, to think about a family, could have been my family, could have been you, could have been any of us walking in a place that should otherwise be, you know, safe and obeying the laws, you know, walking on the sidewalk and doing perhaps what we're supposed to do. And uh, today, reading about this family who seem to be well, very well regarded in their community, and then um, to imagine that, and then to realize, wow, like, could that have been you? And then when you put yourself into the narrative, we realize, uh, no, for many of us listening today, it wouldn't have been us, because this crime was one of race. Um, it was a crime committed against somebody who can't change the things that they were attacked for. Um, I was sharing with the staff earlier today that um, when I when I teach on Zoom or we do a, a, a meeting on Zoom, uh, if I take the call from my living room, there are photos of my family, my extended family behind me. And um, my my uh, mom's side of the family in particular always, always uh, cover their heads, part of the dress, part of the style, part of their choice. Um, they are not Muslim and they're not, uh, it's not demanded of them to do that, but they do to cover their heads. And I was saying to the team, Ben, you were there. I was saying it could have been my family. Like it could have been me and my mom and my kids walking down the street, you know? So yes, this is absolutely anti-Muslim racism, but that type of racism extends, you know, into it's how people look. And yes, it's their faith. The point just is that these are things that when it comes to what we look like, that we, we, we can't change. And so many people contemplating today, um, it's very difficult and, and it's hard and hearing these things, you know, it's very difficult. But I think it's important to walk through those scenarios and to think on them and then to take that to God and say, Lord, what is it then in, in my own self? that I can change or that I should change in order to be more Christ-like. Those are the questions I'm asking myself today. And uh, I think that they are, are worthwhile questions thinking on. Ben, the last comment over to you, man. I think you summed it up really well. I, I just want to agree with you and uh, be more intentional about having discussions of this nature and sitting in my uncomfortability uh, with evil and uh, specifically with this uh, situation and be in deep prayer that, that we can be the light and change in our community.
So those of you listening, we just invite you to join us in a, in a moment of prayer here. Ben's going to pray and uh, we'll agree with him. And as always, um, you know, and I think even more particularly on, on topics of this nature that are quite difficult to process, we would really appreciate hearing from you and you could feel free to uh, provide feedback or ask a question or maybe respond to something that we have said. Um, you can do that by email, probably most easily facilitated office at faithhalifax.org office at faithhalifax.org. You can send us an email or you can find us on Facebook. And uh, definitely we would love to dialogue with you. Maybe we can help you in some sort of way um, or pray with you, uh, but please uh, take a moment to be in touch. And uh, Ben, if you would lead us in prayer, that'd be super. Yeah. God, we uh, pray that your Holy spirit would come. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that uh here at Faith City Church, we would be advocates of change. God, that we would carry your Holy Spirit with us and that we would speak out against racism. God, that we would start conversations in our family, that when uh, small comments are made or, or uh, we hear something, God, that we would not be passive, but we would be active and we would go with courage, knowing that you are with us and knowing that it is the loving thing to do. God, I pray specifically uh, for this little boy. I pray that uh, you would wrap your arms around him. And God, that, uh, that you would be with him. You're saddened by the loss of uh, four people that you love deeply and God, we pray that um, this would be a conversation starter all over the country for how we might be intentionally anti-racist and seeking to choose love. God, we love you. And we pray that your love would abound even more this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Again, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we hope to connect with you really soon. God bless.